welcome to the Find Your Best Future podcast. This is the podcast that helps international families make great decisions when it comes to choosing university courses. Welcome to another episode of the Find Your Best Future podcast. Hey, Jeremy, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks, Neil, as usual. Yeah, great, great, great. Um, anything happening in Vienna? Is it uh, snowing yet? Uh, not yet. Uh, we've still got really nice weather here, actually. Um, not sure how much longer it's going to last, but uh, we're making the most of it while the sun shines. Oh, hey, we haven't had rain since, well, since May, and we've got forest fires here. Wow. So we're covered in smoke uh, with air pollution. It's pretty tragic, honestly. Yeah. Uh, uh, on one side, it's nice to have uh, a bit of sun, but uh, today I noticed the sun has even disappeared through the smoke. So uh, pretty difficult times here in uh, in Vancouver. We're just praying for rain, which I thought I'd never say, uh, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. Uh, yeah. Anyway, such is life. What are we going to be talking about today, Jeremy? Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, Switzerland and all the opportunities which exist there. Something like that, yeah? Uh, something like that, but there's probably a bit more to Switzerland than just yodeling. Uh, All right, well, then tell me about it. <laughs> okay, well, to go through the sort of the specifics, it's a landlocked country of 8.6 million inhabitants. I know that because I looked it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> I was just going to say. Uh, yes, I, I didn't know the exact number before. Um, Switzerland is famous for, well, Swiss clocks, banking, chocolate, holidays, particularly skiing. Um, but rather interestingly, it has four official languages. German, French, Italian, and Romance. Right. However, there is much more to Switzerland than just banking and chocolate and clocks. Um, it has many other industries that it's famous for. It's, it's very advanced in scientific research and also the chemical industry. Um, however, on the more sort of political level, Switzerland is a neutral country right. and it hosts many international conferences. It has a large United Nations office in Geneva. In fact, I think it's the second largest after New York. And, of course, it's famous for being the headquarters of the International Red Cross. All of that, doubtless, is interesting. However, this podcast is not really about Swiss politics or industry. We're going to be looking at Switzerland's first-class education system and what it offers you, the listener. Right. I think well, you've forgotten one thing. Um, they're famous for being rich, aren't they? Um, some of them, yes. I'm not going <laughs> pre- to pretend that everyone's rich because uh, Switzerland is quite an expensive country. But nevertheless, it, it's certainly not a poor country, that's for sure. Not with all that banking going on there. Um, okay, so let's talk about the higher education system in Switzerland. You know, how's it set up and how's it organised, Jeremy? Well, of course, there are government-funded universities, which is what we're going to be talking about, and there are also many private universities. But let's okay. just focus for a moment on the government-funded universities. They come in three different levels. There are 12 universities, then there are nine universities of applied sciences, right. plus a further 20 teacher training universities. Okay. Um, but private Swiss- universities? What are they yeah, like? many, many private universities offering different types of courses, particularly in the area of business and most famously in the area of hospitality. However, mm-hmm. more on that later. Indeed, um, indeed. Switzerland, actually, the, the universities rank very well. There's something called QS rankings. These are sure. world rankings for universities. And in the top 100, remember, there are tens of thousands of universities out there, but in the top 100, ETH in Zurich, 
the Technical University in Lausanne, St. Gallen, the University of Geneva, the University of Zurich, they all feature in the top 100 worldwide. Right. So education is big in Switzerland and yeah. uh, offers opportunities for international students, I guess. Yes, it does. I mean, uh, it's uh, a, a highly uh, modern country, I would say, with, with top quality institutions, especially right. in the education field. Indeed. And, um, you know, the government institutions are obviously uh, really, really famous, but there are a wide range of, of, of private outfits as well, aren't there? Yes, there are. As I mentioned just now, um, Switzerland is famous for the hospitality industry, um, but that is quite a large topic, and we're going to make a separate podcast just on the hospitality wow. industry. Wow, okay, so, so it's that big, stand by, for, stand by for that, yes, indeed. Okay, good, good, good. Let's talk a bit about getting into university in, in Switzerland. Um, uh, what kind of what kind of entrance exams or leaving qualifications are, are, are accepted? Well, uh, Swiss government universities expect you to have a, a leaving exam from your own country, which is equivalent to the Swiss Matura. Um, those of you who are studying in international schools listening to this, maybe you're doing the IB, um, or perhaps you're doing German Abitur or British A levels or baccalaureate. There's lots and lots of different uh, examinations which are accepted. Um, then if you have a look a little wider than just the government-funded universities, there are lots and lots of private universities, some larger, some smaller, and they accept a range of different entry exams. Everything, of course, from a very high score in the IB diploma to a high school diploma. Um, right. Everything in between. So there's pretty much something for everybody. Yes. Um, is there something, you know, let's let's take the top end for a minute. Um, what about uh, probably the most famous uh, hospitality school, ETH? What, what sort of things are they looking for? Um, the most famous hospitality school, of course, the Echo Hotelier de Lausanne. It's number one in the world. Um, they will be looking for um, very high scores in your school leaving exams. Plus, you'd have to do an entry test and you'd have to pass an interview. I oh, suppose goodness. we can say the bottom line is if you want to go to a top university, have top grades. But That's pretty I, much I, everywhere the case, isn't it? It is, yes. But I would emphasize that there is a place for everyone. So I right. think you as a student, what you need to do is have a look and see what grades you've got and then shop around a bit and see what the universities want. And if you can right. match the two together, what they want and what you've got, then you will be successful. And there really is a place for everyone. And, you know, Switzerland does have an awful lot to offer, doesn't it? Um, in terms of, you know, lifestyle, in terms of physical well-being. And you're at the heart of Europe, literally. Yes, you are. You, you can travel very quickly to uh, the major European cities. But, I mean, Switzerland itself is a fabulous place if you want to enjoy, you know, having a little bit of experience of the outdoors. As you know, probably it's famous for skiing. Uh, winter sports in Switzerland uh, feature very strongly in, in the national culture. And tourism is a very, very large industry in, in Switzerland. Right. Um, um, are there any special restrictions that you know, people should be aware of uh, when trying to get into uh, a Swiss university? It gets interesting because each university is free to set their own entry requirements. 
And so the, the quick answer, or probably the only answer, is you need to go and have a look at the university's website. Right. However, beyond that, there are specific admissions criteria for medicine and dentistry and vet med, but that's common across almost all countries. I think we have to we have to throw in that that Switzerland yeah. really is a selection of a collection of small uh, cantons or smaller cantons, and they they have a huge amount of autonomy, don't they, uh, in what yeah. they do and how they behave. And so you could be in in Zurich, and one rule will be in place, and literally just down the road, um, you know, in Basel or in, or in uh, St Gallen, uh, another completely different setup will be be. Uh, uh, running, so it's important when you're looking at Switzerland to understand that that level of diversity that exists. It has a lot of diversity. I mean, we've already mentioned that there are four national languages. I mean, that indicates immediately there's going to be a certain amount of diversity across the country. But as you rightly say, Neil, it's divided up into cantons. I mean, some countries have states, some have provinces, and in Switzerland they have cantons, and they do have a great deal of uh, autonomy, I would say, in setting their own rules. Um, but to come back to what I was saying about medicine, I know some of the people listening might be interested in studying medicine in Switzerland. Indeed. Um, EU and EEA citizens are treated the same as Swiss citizens when applying to medicine courses. Yeah. Everybody else, there's a very restricted number of opportunities for you to study medicine in Switzerland. So just be aware of this. But if you have an EU passport, uh, uh, Switzerland is then perhaps an option, is that right? Absolutely, yes. Um, Switzerland is not actually an EU country, we should make that clear. However, mm -hmm. they have a lot of um, reciprocal agreements with the EU, which more or less means that Swiss citizens and EU citizens have pretty much the same rights in each other's countries. Right. And what about, um, is, are things taught in English or are they in taught in Italian and German? Is it a mixture? Uh, how does that work with four languages uh, plus English? Well, that's the interesting thing. Uh, I mean, most of the people listening to the podcast are probably thinking about studying somewhere in English, but I'm sure some of you out there are thinking, well, I could study in German or French or Italian because you speak those languages fluently. And there are many, many programs available in, in those languages. Uh, the Italian part is probably the smallest part of Switzerland. There is a university in Lugano in the south of Switzerland that teaches in Italian. Then, of course, there are the French teaching um, Swiss universities and the German ones too. So you could go to Switzerland and study in one of those three languages, or you can study in English. Um, there are over 100 bachelor courses taught in English at Swiss universities. Right and over 450 master's programs, if uh, okay. that's what you're heading for. So that's uh, extensive. And, and you know, and, and so uh, although, although, you know, it's complex in terms of the national languages, English is sort of uh, one of the languages that, that transcends uh, those language borders across the country. Is that right? It does, yes. Uh, most students or children in Switzerland study uh, two other languages um, and then they also take English so the, this is really a multilingual nation I would say. Yes it's um, incredible I, I, every, every Swiss person I've ever met has spoken you know probably at least well at least four languages uh, yes. fluently um, quite, quite impressive. 
Yes, um, I think though you should be aware that some of the programs uh, at Swiss universities, when you're searching for a course taught in English, just be a little wary because some of them are, uh, for want of a better phrase, bilingual courses. Some of the units are taught in English and some in German or some in French, in which case, so, of course, you'd need to be fluent in both the languages. Indeed. Um, and other other courses taught in English funded by the government or how, how does that work? Uh, um, uh, certainly in the government universities, how does that uh, function? Yes, it, it makes no difference whether you take a, a program or course that's taught in English or, or in one of the national languages, German, French, Italian, um, it's all the same as far as the funding is concerned. Right. Okay. And, and that cost, what, what is that cost uh, in the government uh, universities? Uh, we're coming on to talk about that in just a moment. But, okay, uh, let's just skip, yeah. out, let's skip that out for a while because okay. there's probably quite a lot of detail there. Uh, yes, um, indeed, always. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's split that one. Uh, let's, let's move on then to, I don't know, internships and exchanges perhaps? Yes, um, internships, certainly you can do an internship. Uh, realistically, the, the way to find out is to go on to each individual university's website. Because right. as I said... Uh, they have a great deal of autonomy to set their own programs and also their own admission requirements. And so if you go on the website, you will very quickly see whether your course uh, involves uh, an internship. And exchanges? Exchange programs, yes. All the government universities offer at least one semester abroad. Ah, and, okay. And I'm pretty sure that all the private universities offer a similar um, exchange opportunities. Right. And is there some way you can look for these um, English language courses in Switzerland? Do you, have you been digging around? Have you found a, a uh, good resource? You know me, Neil. I always have a little dig around to find out what's out there before I come on the podcast. Indeed. Um, yeah, there, there's a really good website called studyprograms.ch, ch being for Switzerland, of course. Just okay. go on there and you can use the filters and then you can see which courses are taught in English, which ones are taught in German, etc., etc. And again, support services are, are really important for, for first year undergraduate students, people coming in from high school. So, uh, uh, are students well supported in Switzerland? Extremely well supported, yes. Uh, the Swiss recognise the fact that uh, they're going to be taking in usually quite young people, 18 year olds. Uh, probably the first time away from home, and that these people are going to have a lot of questions, concerns, worries. And so the universities have put in place uh, an extensive support program. If you right. come to a Swiss university, um, obviously there'll be academic support for you, social, emotional, health services on the campus, um, pretty much any question or problem that you have, there is someone there that you can turn to for help and advice. Okay. And like clubs and, and things and societies, is it like, like uh, the UK and US or is it, is it different? Um, there certainly are clubs and societies at Swiss universities. I, I wouldn't say it's quite as extensive as the US or the UK because those countries have a, a huge range of clubs and societies. But I think it's true to say that if you go to a Swiss university, you're going to have plenty of clubs and societies to keep you more than busy. Because after all, you do have to set aside some time for your studies. You can't just club and society <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, and, and the Swiss take their studies seriously, don't they? 
They do indeed, yes. Yes. So if you're thinking that you're going to go and have um, party, 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 uh, perhaps Switzerland isn't for you yeah. because the, no. <laughs> the, uh, even even um, when, a, when a college or a university uh, might expect a lower entrance grades, the academic standards will still be high, won't they? They will indeed, and you're expected to work hard and perform. Uh, this, is your, this is your chance of a higher education to build your future, and you're expected to go there and, uh, and do exactly that. And, you know, um, well, you know, Jeremy, my son is actually in St. Gallen right now doing a yes. master's degree. And um, one of the things that uh, impressed me greatly was, was the extensiveness of the alumni network that he mm. uh, is able to access there. Is that normal? Yes, uh, Swiss universities have very strong alumni networks and St. Gallen, of course, is, is one of the leading universities in that respect. Um, but other ones which are particularly notable or noteworthy were the ETH in Zurich, uh, uh, Lausanne University, HEC or HEC, it's a French-speaking university in Lausanne, then the University of Zurich, and not to forget the private universities. They do a very, very good job with alumni networks. Indeed. Um, clearly, the, the major hospitality universities um, in the hospitality industry, uh, alumni networks are incredibly important. Um, right. as, I, as I mentioned, we're going to be doing a separate podcast on that. And there's a European university, business university in Geneva. They have a, a very, very good alumni network. And so there's really a lot going on in this area for you. Yeah, and, and alumni networks are, are very important in Europe uh, uh, generally. It's not just in North America. Um, probably, uh, uh, you know, really significant uh, part of what uh, Swiss universities offer in terms of the value add. Um, in terms of orientation, you just sort of, do you arrive in Switzerland and they give you, um, I don't know, a bit of cheese and tell you to get on with the studies or how does that work? Uh, I, I know you're a Swiss cheese man, Neil. Because I am, before, I love my Swiss cheese. Before we started this podcast, listeners, Neil confessed that he's got Swiss cheese in his fridge in Vancouver. Well, that I shows do. real real commitment, Neil. I and do, I, I do. I'm also, I'm also a cheese man myself. I'm seriously thinking about having a a cheese sandwich while I think about what I'm going to make for dinner. Anyway, come on. Enough on cheese. Let's get back to the academics. Um, Swiss universities have certainly helped their students settle in at the beginning of, of their first year. Um, they, they have advisors there. They sort of sort out any problems that you might have with putting your program together, the academic program. Um, they sort of help settle you into the housing. Um, help you with things like visas and bank accounts and, and all those sort of rather tedious paperwork things that need to be sure. done when you move to a new country. There is help and advice there. And usually for a few days before the academic program starts, the, the new students show up and the university will help you settle in in, in all respects. And that's really important because in uh, Central Europe, there tends to be an awful lot of bureaucracy uh, surrounding <laughs> yes. the move, doesn't there? Oh, yes. Uh, it's going to keep you quite busy if you're a student moving to Switzerland or indeed any European country. So applying for the university in, um, in Switzerland, I guess there are two processes, aren't there? One for the government-funded uh, universities and one for private. Let's focus in on the government-funded universities first, shall we? Okay, well, the first thing to do, uh, whether you're going to go to a government-funded university or a private university, is 
you need to search out the right program for yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, the government-funded university, there's a very good website called studyprograms.ch. Yep. And there you can just type in uh, the language of instruction uh, and the level. Don't forget to type in bachelor degree if that's the level you want. And also you can put in the subject area you're interested in. And then you'll quickly see a list of courses available to you. Let's say, for example, you want to study uh, a subject in English at bachelor's level, then you, you'll see a list of possibilities. Um, then the next thing is to understand that Switzerland does not have a centralized admissions procedure. Each university is autonomous and it sets its own admissions criteria. So for specific information about this, you have to contact the admissions office of each university that you want to apply to. Wow. Okay. Um, yes. So it's going to take you a little bit of time, obviously, uh, more time than it would if you were operating in a centralized system. Nevertheless, it's probably worth doing it. Um, oh. So admissions to a bachelor program, the main requirement is that you have to have a school leaving certificate considered mm -hmm. equivalent to the Swiss Matura. Okay, and we spoke um, about what they are and what they can be. And I guess yeah. there's a, a list of those uh, on the university websites as well. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of the normal run-of-the-mill. Yes, and I think you, you need to go and check that carefully because you don't want to be trying to apply to a university that doesn't recognise whatever diploma or certificate you're going to graduate from yeah, high school indeed. with. So that's an important first step, I think. Um, there may be additional requirements that need to be met. Um, for example, some of the medicine programs are extremely restrictive uh, if you're not an EU citizen. Um, right. Some programs, engineering programs, for example, are certainly going to require um, a specific level of mathematics and physics. So all these little details, you have to go and look at each individual university's website and check that you actually meet their requirements. And of course, yeah. what you were saying earlier about the language requirements and the, yes. the language of instruction, making sure that it isn't one of these uh, uh, hybrid uh, courses that are taught in yeah. German and, uh, uh, and English or French and English or whatever. That's a very good point, Neil, because a lot of students just think, oh, yes, I, I've, I've filtered English, and so therefore the course must be 100% in English. Um, but you will soon see when you start looking more closely that, although in most cases the courses will be 100% in English, there will certainly be some that slip through the filter. And when you look carefully, you'll realize that some of the units are taught in German or in French. And, and of course, means... for, for Swiss uh, candidates, that really isn't an issue because many of them are speaking exactly. the three or four languages uh, uh, of, of their country plus English anyway. But uh, if you're coming from a more monolingual or a different language background, uh, then watch out. <laughs> yeah, yes, indeed. And so then moving on, you have to contact the university and they will provide any specific information on application deadlines, what documents you need to send them and their whole admission procedures and enrollment procedures. And then you have to make your application via the university's own website. Right. And that means for every university you apply to, you're gonna to have to go through the whole process. Okay. And, um, you know, so your usual adage uh, comes into play here, does it not? Uh, start early, yes, it's always a good plan. Uh, Indeed, it definitely. really is important here um, because, uh, 
the devil is often in the detail. And one thing I've learned with Swiss universities is they won't even process anything until they've actually got the paperwork that they wish to have. And sometimes that can be quite a, uh, a specific route that they wish you to follow. Um, uh, and so, uh, yeah, start early. Start early. And, and also, if, if you as an applicant are unsure about whether you have sent all the documents or indeed what documents you need to, to upload, just contact the university. Stay in constant contact with them. Don't just sit there and assume that everything is fine if the university is also sitting there waiting for you to send something, because that's a way that your application is, can rapidly you know, fall through the cracks. So you need, to, you need to keep on top of this. That's such a good bit of advice, honestly. Uh, um, you know, these admissions people are busy people. They won't necessarily come hunting for you. Yeah. Uh, they'll just assume that you understand the system. Um, and um, so, you know, keeping in touch has got to be uh, the second, you know, big piece of advice here. Start early, keep in touch. Yeah. Let's move on to visas now. You mentioned that sort of Switzerland's not part of the EU, but kind of linked. Um, could you give us a sort of idea of how uh, getting a study visa is, is structured? Yes, uh, because Switzerland has a lot of reciprocal agreements with the EU, I think we have to talk about two categories of people here. Okay. Let's start with the EU and EEA citizens. Okay, what does um, EEA mean, first of all? Well, Most EE, people know what the EU is. Yeah, the EEA is a group of countries, Liechtenstein, Norway, Iceland. If you're a citizen of one of those countries, then you are EEA. And okay. those, those countries, again, they also have reciprocal agreements with the EU and, of course, with Switzerland. And so you fall into a different category from right. every, everybody else who's not an EU citizen. And so initially, you're going to have to register for a residence permit in your canton. Now, this has to be done within 14 days of your arrival in Switzerland. And the resident permit will uh, be valid for the duration of your studies. Um, in order to get one of these permits, you're gonna have to have proof of financial resources to cover the cost of living in Switzerland right. during the course of your study. So a document from the bank. Um, you're going to have to have health insurance uh, that includes also accident coverage. Now, it may be that the health insurance from your home country is valid in Switzerland, so you need to check on that before you uh, leave home. I, I actually um, personally have just been looking at that, obviously, and, and you know, there's a there's a range, wide range of additional um, services for uh, international students coming in at the cheapest around um, 60 Swiss francs a month. Um, but uh, with a large excess on the on the amount, oh. um, so you're probably looking if you want sort of relatively good coverage at about 120 a month. So uh, when we get some money, we'll we'll uh, uh, need to, to to factor that in. Um, okay, is there anything else? So they need a, a health insurance policy. They need uh, yeah. money, uh, and of course the confirmation. Is is that all? Um, it's just worth pointing out at this stage that you, you were quoting prices in Swiss francs. Um, I think a lot of our listeners are probably more familiar with what a US dollar is worth. Well, a Swiss franc and a US dollar are almost on par. Yeah. There's virtually no difference between the two. So 
when you read on a document, you know, 10 Swiss francs, I think you can assume that's the equivalent of 10 US dollars, give or take okay. a couple of cents, just that's to clarify great. that. Yeah. Okay, so um, the EU citizens, all they need is basically some documents. Mm -hmm. They turn up to the canton office, the, mm -hmm. the area office, uh, and then they will get their residence permit. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So proof of financial resources, health insurance, and a confirmation that you've been admitted to a recognized university. Uh -huh. okay. Those are the three things you need to have with you. Okay. And for non-EU citizens, EEA citizens? And, okay, well, this is where it gets a little more complicated, but don't worry, it's still, it's still very doable. But as right. I always say, start early because it's going to take you a little bit longer. And okay. um, so before entering Switzerland, you must apply for a Swiss visa with the local Swiss embassy in your right. country. And please note, it takes at least eight weeks for a visa to be issued. Right. And it, it'll cost you around about 60 euros uh, for a visa. But usually uh, these visas aren't, um, in Switzerland, are not going to take 200 days or, or 400 no, no, days no. Like, no. like the USA or something. Then they say eight, at least eight weeks. They usually mean around eight weeks, don't they? Oh, yes. We talked about Swiss clocks and timekeeping. Uh, I, think you, I think you can assume it's going to be an efficient bureaucracy in Switzerland, which is a nice, a nice thing to experience. Yeah. Uh, but just note, you cannot study in Switzerland on a tourist visa. Really have, important. It's a very important point. Otherwise, you will be there illegally. And that's not a situation you want to get into. So in order to get your uh, visa, again, you're going to have proof of adequate financial resources to cover the cost of living during your studies. Okay. Again, you're going to have to have health insurance that includes accident cover. Then additionally, you're going to have to have a study plan with information about the purpose of your studies. Okay. Uh, in other words, why are you coming and what are you studying? Mm -hmm. And then you have to have, again, the confirmation that you've been admitted by a recognized university. Um, you have to have proof that you fulfill the personal and educational requirements for the intended study, which okay, means, that of means... Course, you, you're, going to, you're going to have to prove that, that you're um, exam results will actually get you into the study course. Okay. And then moving on, you're going to have to have a motivation letter, you know, why are you motivated to go and study in Switzerland uh, at that university for that course? You're going to have to have a CV, curriculum vitae or resume. Um, you're going to have to uh, include your language skills on the right. CV. And then you're going to have to have proof that you have accommodation in Switzerland. And finally, you have to write something or sign something to say that you will leave Switzerland at the end of your studies. So there's actually quite a few pieces of paper you're going to have to get together. And this is why I started out by saying start early, because some of these things take a bit of time to pull together. Right. But the, the good thing about Switzerland, as you said, is that uh, it's very clear, it's very well yes. structured, very well it organized. Is. And, um, you know, there'll be a form for everything. Absolutely. It works. Yeah, and usually yeah. in English as well. I, I, oh, yes. I've noticed, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know, they're, they're not um, a country that, that that worries about using, uh, you know, English as, as a, a method of communication. Quite the opposite. I think Switzerland is a country that has a lot of foreigners there, uh, and it, it already has four national languages. And then if you include the foreigners in the country, that's obviously a few more. And I think the Swiss recognise that 
English as a language is uh, the one language which pretty much everybody will be able to read and understand. Okay. And certainly for foreigners coming into Swiss universities, um, most of whom will be studying in English, it's, it's the obvious uh, choice for foreigners. Right. Yes, but in incredibly impressive. Uh, pretty much everybody speaks fluent English. Um, uh, and so you don't need to worry uh, in that regard. Um, okay, we, we, we talk about um, always, you know, studying, and then there's the link of, of, of are you able to work? I assume that uh, EU and EEA students are, are permitted to work under the agreements, is that right? Yes, indeed. Um, you can work 15 hours a week during semester time. And that's right. probably enough if you're going to be pursuing your academic studies properly and thoroughly. But during the, uh, the holidays uh, between the semesters, you can work full time. It's okay. not a problem. All However, right. if you're not an EU or EEA citizen, you may only start working in Switzerland six months after the beginning of your studies. So for those first six months, you're not allowed to go out and earn any money. Okay. So not too terrible, um, no, but something no. to think about. Yes, yes. And and you mentioned, uh, you know, having to show uh, confirmation that you're going to leave Switzerland at the end. Are there any possibilities to stay in Switzerland after you graduate? Well, of course, you're going to be in Switzerland on a, a student visa. Uh, and if you want to stay on and work in the country, you're going to have to apply for obviously a residence permit and a, and a work visa. Um, but the Swiss give you six months after you graduate to stay and look for a job. And so right. if, you, if you can find a job during that six months and you're, you have a, a job contract, your employer sponsors you, you can then apply for um, a visa which will allow you to stay there and work. At least okay. while you while you have the job, indeed. And um, of course, many students will be considering going on to a master's degree after their bachelor's, and and that's a, a very normal route, isn't it? In yes, in, it is. Uh, yes, Switzerland. Um, and so, you know, visa extensions for uh, studying purposes uh, wouldn't be a difficulty, would it? No, that's that's not a problem because uh, you have a piece of paper from your university saying that you are a registered student on a course. So you just have to do a little bit more paperwork and renew your visa. It's probably uh, uh, worthwhile throwing in that uh, the Swiss are, are the, the group of people in Europe that spend the longest in full-time education. Uh, many, many uh, the Swiss people will graduate at 28 or, or uh, even later um, because they have to do national service. And uh, they, they, they often spend an awful lot of time in education and so uh, the the education uh, system in 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 Swiss, Switzerland is set up for for long stay uh, in that regard um, can you settle in and become a a, a Swiss citizen easily well if, if you're a you're probably thinking about as a student can you then stay and eventually become a citizen sure um, once you finish your studies uh, you will be under the same laws as any other foreigner who wants to become a swiss citizen um, in order to obtain swiss citizenship um, you must live in the country for 10 years and have a permanent residence permit wow now, okay uh, yeah, it's quite a long time. Permanent residence can be obtained after 10 years of living in Switzerland. 
Right. Um, and then you start applying for citizenship if that's what you wish to do. Okay, so a very long process is the It's time. quite a long process, yes, it is. And, I mean, um, it's possible, but it's going to take you, well, at least 10 years, probably still, more. Indeed. Yeah. And what about um, timelines and deadlines for all of these applications? Uh, well, we, we mentioned earlier that each uh, university has a lot of autonomy in terms of, of their application requirements. And that also means they have autonomy in terms of fixing their deadlines. Yeah, of course. Um, some countries, they just have one or possibly two deadlines that cover everything. But Switzerland is not one of those countries. So again, I'm afraid you're just going to have to go and look on the university website and make sure that you get in before the deadline. But as a sort of a, a rough guide, most deadlines um, happen between October and April. At least that's the application season, I would call it. Uh, but please be very, very careful. Always go and have a look on the deadline. And don't assume because you're applying for economics at one university, it'll have the same deadline at the next. It almost certainly won't. Yeah, and that's you such have a to look very, very carefully. Advice. Yeah. Now, always in these uh, country introductions, we get to the, the difficult bit. Uh, money, it makes the world go round, um, but unfortunately, uh, it's the one thing that um, uh, can determine whether you, whether you go to these places or not. Um, do uh, tuition fees vary according to the nationality of your student? How does it work in Switzerland? Well, you, you, we talked about money and Switzerland being famous for banking, and I think a lot of people are aware that Switzerland is quite an expensive country. Right. So we are able to offer you some good news. Tuition fees are actually quite low in Switzerland. Right. Uh, all in government universities, is that yeah, right? Yeah, government universities. We're coming oh, okay. to pri private ones in just a moment. Indeed. Um, government universities, as we've mentioned several times, they have a lot of autonomy. But to give you a sort of a, a range, anywhere between about 500 and 2,000 Swiss francs um, a year for tuition a year? fees. Well, yes, a year, which I would say is very reasonable indeed, especially if you know what other countries charge. Yeah, I mean, you know, in some other places we've been talking to, that would be per credit, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. not not per year. Incredible. And, and why is it so cheap? Uh, because they're government-funded universities, right. which means that naturally most of the cost for running these universities is paid by the Swiss taxpayer. Again, is that the same for... Uh, Swiss people as it is for e EU and EEA and the same for international students or uh, well, outside? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, a lot of you listening will probably be aware that many countries have a, a dual approach to fees, like there are local citizens or maybe EU citizens and everybody Indeed. else who pays more. But there are some universities in Switzerland that charge slightly higher fees for international students, but it's nothing very much. I mean, for practically all universities, you're going to be in the 500 to 2,000 range. Wow. Um, there can so be... in that way, certainly in terms of fees, it's a top tip, isn't it? It is. Uh, there can be small additional fees, exam fees, semester fees, um, university sports club fees, library fees, but they, they are only small amounts of money, and it's not going to make a substantial difference to what you have to uh, pay. Right. Okay. And so... 
Maybe a different world here uh, without that subsidy because the subsidy must be enormous, mustn't it, for, it is, for, yes. for the government, universities? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to a colleague at a university, actually, it wasn't in Switzerland, it was in the Netherlands, but it's a similar setup. Um, she told me that each study place costs 16,000 euros to, to actually fund and set up. And so the cost in Switzerland will, will be somewhere in that range, perhaps even a little higher. So to get that for sort of even 2,000, you can see the rest is being subsidized by the local taxpayers. Again, in my, my experience, um, you know, with my son in St. Gallen, uh, the course that he's currently doing, a uh, master's degree, uh, estimated about 46,000 uh, uh, Swiss francs, the actual cost. Um, yeah. And the master's degrees are in the same sort of price category uh, as the bachelor's degree. So uh, incredible amount of subsidy. Anyway, yeah. let's move on to okay. uh, private universities. Private universities are private businesses. And so, of course, they have to uh, cover their costs and, sure. and or make a profit, depending on how they're set up. Um, it could be anything, really, up to about 50,000 Swiss francs a year, right. $50,000. It doesn't need to be that high, does it? No, no, it doesn't. And most are considerably less than that. Right. Um, I think most private universities are probably in the range of about sort of 15 to 25, something of that order. Which sort of brings you into the same kind of uh, price uh, category as as many of the US universities and many of the Canadian universities as well for international yes, it does. students. Yes, it does. Um, so although they, you know, it may be a bit scary uh, at one level, in reality, uh, uh, you're probably uh, around the same price point as, um, as, as North America. And of course, you've got the benefit of, um, of being uh, in the heart of Europe. Um, and, and to find out uh, costings and pricings, it's the usual answer. Go on each individual university website and you will see the numbers there. Yeah, and um, it varies enormously from course to course, doesn't it? It does, Especially yeah. in the private university area. Huge, huge variations. So if you're studying a sort of regular humanities course, you can expect to spend a lot less than if you're uh, going for anything to do with engineering or any of these other courses. Uh, is that right? Yeah, it's very true, because if you think of it from the perspective of the university, if you are delivering a humanities course, you don't actually have to provide such a lot of resources because it's no. mainly online information or books, possibly. Whereas with engineering and science, of course, you've got to have laboratories full of some very expensive equipment. Uh, hence, those students end up paying more per year. <laughs> Uh, we've covered the cost of studying. Uh, the next major cost is um, accommodation, isn't it? Um, yeah. Do universities provide accommodation, or how is it how is it organised? Yes, uh, universities do have accommodation. It's not always possible to live directly on campus, but there will certainly be accommodation available. Um, there'll be a housing office that will guide you on on looking for accommodation. Um, in case you can't actually live on the campus itself. A lot of universities own properties in the town or in the city. Right. Um, so there is, of course, a limited amount of accommodation, university accommodation available. And, so and 
many Swiss universities are actually located very centrally in the towns. Yeah, yeah they uh, are. They, they tend not to be uh, campus universities, mainly because, uh, of course, outside of the towns, you've got a lot of mountains and a lot of water. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's uh, a limit on the, on the size of a campus in, in Switzerland, I guess. Yes, I mean, probably with the exception of maybe Zurich or Basel, the Swiss cities are not really that huge. No, so, they're not. I mean, uh, you, you're not talking about like going to study in London or New York where you could be traveling for many, many kilometers or miles. No, indeed. They, they call themselves cities, but most of them, as you said, apart from Zurich and uh, Basel, are actually what many people would consider from other parts of the world to be small towns. Yeah, exactly. So therefore, you won't have to travel too far uh, from your student residence in town to wherever it is you need to be for your first lecture of the morning. Right. But I think, um, you know, uh, student residences are, are generally pretty limited, aren't they, in Switzerland? They are, yes. And so therefore, we're back to the usual advice, <laughs> apply early. Yes, indeed. And, yeah. and, and, you know, while you might have a, a slight advantage as an international student, that also is not always a given um, because, uh, um, you know, people from other cantons also will be wanting to uh, access those those rooms. Uh, is I that mean, not right? Yes, it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's supply and demand of sort of X number of students and Y number of rooms. And you just have to figure out what the ratio is. And yeah. Okay. So how, how assume, let's assume worst case, you you apply early, but you don't get in. Um, uh, do you give up? And are you living in a tent? Um, how does <laughs> hope, how does that work? Well, I hope you're not in a tent because Switzerland's quite cold in the winter. Uh, <laughs> Just a bit. Very cold, especially at high altitude. Um, I think that then, of course, there is the the free housing market. I mean, every city there are, there are houses and apartments for rent, and the the university will point you in the right direction. A lot of students share a flat or an apartment. Uh, in the city. Um, so this would be the alternative in case you can't get into a uh, university-run um, housing block. Right. And again, in my experience, that's where the vast majority of accommodation yes. is. Um, usually very high quality. Um, how much are you expecting to pay uh, for, for, I don't know, a, sh a room in a shared house or that kind of setup? Well, of course, the prices inevitably uh, vary a bit from, from city to city and also how many people are actually sharing the house. But I think if you reckon for about 650 Swiss francs a month, that would be about the average. Oh. And again, it really depends on the city. You know, Zurich is famously expensive uh, for accommodation um, uh, and St. Gallen probably more accessible depending on on the the, the type of uh, town um it's uh you know a room in a shared uni apartment what are you looking at there well if uh, if you have the uni apartment it's going to be something similar i would say probably around about 650 in, in the uni apartments um, right. if, if you want to move out into your very own apartment in town rather than a shared apartment uh, yes well it's going to cost you. Um, so we're talking about 850, 900 and upwards, depending on, of course, how large the apartment is, where it's located, which city you're in, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But to contextualize that, um, you know, uh, 
again, from personal experience, uh, Canada, UBC accommodation, we were looking at 1,100, 1,200 Canadian dollars for a room in, in uh, uh, university accommodation that was sort of a normal price. Um, so uh, when you put that in context, it, it actually uh, doesn't sound so bad. Uh, the other thing that's critically important for every uh, high school student heading off uh, into university is food. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, let's, let's move on there. How does, how does that generally work? I know, obviously, it's a case-by-case -case, uh, uh, setup, but uh, in Switzerland, how, would, how could you describe it generally? Well, if you're a high school student listening to this podcast um, and you don't know how to cook anything, um, try and learn a couple of basic recipes before you oh, head really? off to university. <laughs> yeah. uh, however, in terms of provision for self-catering, which is what we're really talking about here, most university accommodation is in the form of shared apartments and there'll be a communal living room or, and or kitchen. And this is probably where you'll be preparing your meals. Um, if you don't want to cook every day or don't want to cook at all, there are plenty of cafeterias on the campus. Right. Um, or you can just go to some fast food outlet in town. So it's not like you're going to starve in Switzerland. There are opportunities to feed yourself. It really is a matter of personal preference. What about typical Swiss food? Uh, I knew you'd come on to that because, of course, <laughs> um, if, if you like cheese, as you do, Neil, you'll be very happy. You need to try something called raclette, Swiss oh. raclette. Ah, oh, says Neil. Well, it's a sort of a cheese dip. That's the best way to describe it. It's a lot of cheese. A lot of cheese. A lot of cheese. They like their cheese. And honestly, do. Um, uh, you know, you can, you, can, you can even have too much of, of Swiss cheese after about half an hour. Um, there's something else they're famous for as well, isn't there? Well, before we move on to the even better news, um, <laughs> I've, I've been to visit Switzerland many times, visiting universities. And I sort of make a little bet with myself that when the university people take us out for a dinner in the evening, it's going to be raclette. And I, oh. I, don't, I don't think I've lost my bet with myself yet. Uh, but don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong, university people. I did enjoy my raclette. It's just that if you don't mind me saying I don't want to eat it every day, but it is nice sure. occasionally. Yeah. However, what else are they, what else what are else? they famous for? Well, Switzerland is famous for chocolate. So if you like chocolate, you'll be even happier in Switzerland. It's sort of world famous for top quality chocolate not sure it's such a, a balanced diet to eat chocolate for your dinner every day but i'm sure some of you will be eating at least some chocolate sometimes and getting back to to sort of seriousness um there's a wide range of food as you, as you mentioned yes, yes, uh, yeah. uh jeremy a lot of foreigners living in switzerland nowadays um and their food tastes are represented pretty much uh, uh, as you'd expect in any sort of uh, multicultural country is that not right yes i mean for example if uh, if you want to eat asian food there are plenty of uh, asian restaurants and uh, and you can also buy the the ingredients as well in the supermarkets in indeed so indeed. Um, you you will be able to find something to your taste for sure now the, the other thing that um i know again from personal experience is sometimes uh, swiss supermarkets are pretty expensive um uh in certain areas um but depending on where you live, uh, there's a trick and you can sort of drive over the border. And, and so most Swiss people, once a, once a month or once a week, will, will be heading over to uh, another country to go food shopping. 
if you're on um, you know the side of Austria, uh, so St Gallen, you can pop over to 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 um, uh, uh, Austria or to um, Germany. If you're in um, in uh, you know, uh, sort of uh, cities that are closer to France. Uh, you can drive over and explore the delights of French food, um, even um, go down to Italy. So uh, many people go and do their weekly shop uh, uh, across the border, um, which is a top tip for, for saving money if you're a student. It's definitely a top tip. I mean, uh, Geneva, of course, is right next to France. So if you're studying in Geneva, you just pop over to a French supermarket. But Basel is the interesting one because Basel, you have the choice of popping into Germany or France because the yep. three countries come together at Basel. So you have you a, can, a lot can, of choice there. Yeah, and you can save, you know, half your food bill by, yes, by yes. driving over the border, if not more, um, because... Uh, you know, in many of these countries, there are the large discounters uh, that we've talked about uh, uh, when uh, we were looking at Ireland. Uh, they're also present. So therefore, yeah. um, you know, a lot of savings to be made there. Well, honestly, um, Jeremy, I, I hadn't really thought about Switzerland as a, as a possible study location uh, until we started chatting. It sounds really attractive, doesn't it? It does indeed. I mean, Switzerland is, is a, a wealthy country, a very well-organized country with top quality institutions, top quality education. And as we've just seen, I mean, you can go and study there for a very, very reasonable price, I would say, even as a non-Swiss or non-EU citizen. It yeah. offers exceptionally good value for money. And even the, the private universities uh, are sort of uh, in line with, with uh, uh, North American universities, which means that, you know, you're, you're, you're not really being hit uh, in that area either. Apropos private universities, I mean, some of you listening to this podcast will probably think we're going to be talking about hospitality universities because Switzerland is the world leader in Indeed. hospitality. And in fact, you could almost say they invented it as an academic subject. Um, <laughs> But as I mentioned earlier, we will be doing a separate podcast on this topic, and there's a lot to say about this. And okay. so if you're interested in that particular area, please tune in to our podcast on hospitality. Right. So that episode uh, um, will, I guess, be focused around Switzerland, but but the, the realm of hospitality goes well beyond, doesn't it? It does. I mean, obviously, you can't talk about hospitality without talking about Switzerland, but in that podcast, uh, we are talking also about other opportunities uh, sure. in, in different parts of the world, if you want to study that subject. And talking about hospitality, Jeremy, is it a cheese sandwich with a, with a sort of little stick uh, going through it um, or, or, or served on a lovely plate, uh, maybe under a metal cover today? Or, or what are you looking at? I, I have been to visit uh, most of the hospitality universities in Switzerland, and I can say they do an excellent job serving wonderful meals all cooked and, by the by the students obviously and tonight for yourself ah well this is where <laughs> i this is where i come down to uh, reality kicks in um i think i'll probably go for the easy option tonight and a, a fried egg on toast maybe with with some yogurt and fruit afterwards not too bad don't not forget bad. the ketchup don't forget the ketchup <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, 
and share the Find Your Best Future podcast.